Hey everybody, it is great to have you join me today. I want to extend a very, very warm welcome here from the beautiful Hawke's Bay to uh, all our SEN family. Welcome, great to have you join us and uh, so glad that you could uh, come together, albeit online, and uh, just to acknowledge the Lord in our lives and to come together and to hear his word and to connect with his presence and uh, be transformed in our lives. I want to extend a warm welcome to those also who are part of our family, who are connected to us, who are watching from around New Zealand. Welcome, Kate and I and our family. We extend a very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you so much for joining us. And also those that are watching from around the world, thank you so much for joining us. And um, it is a great, just a great privilege, just a great honour, I count it honour to have you um, to have you join in and, uh, and part of what we're doing and uh, thank you so much and I pray that this morning that the Holy Spirit will touch your heart, I pray that this morning that the Holy Spirit would bring transformation and freedom into your life and uh, I've got a word on my heart this morning to share with you and uh, I've actually been uh, sitting on it for a little while and uh, but I just felt that this morning I wanted to bring it out. Uh, something I myself have been studying and researching and uh, just observing in my own life. So I'm really going to pray and believe that uh, as I bring the word this morning, uh, it will bring transformation, it will bring freedom to your life. And uh, first of all, uh, what we normally do on our Sundays is we, we bring a big shout out to those who have had uh, birthdays and wedding anniversaries. So... Uh, for if you're here and you've had a birthday or a wedding anniversary this week, uh, why don't you just, I don't know, give yourself a big shout, uh, put on some likes or some hearts or something like that, and, uh, but just leave the chocolates to me, I'll find them and I'll eat them for you. I'll sacrifice myself for you, that's good, that's what pastors do, we lay down our lives for our sheep, you don't need that stuff in your life. Uh, and it's great to have you here today, and... Uh, uh, yeah, I just miss you guys. Kate and I, we miss you, we miss connecting, and uh, we miss being able to give you a hug, but uh, we want to just give a big, a big virtual hug today, and uh, awesome. Hey, crazy days that we're living in, but the uh, day's always changing, and we're believing for great things. I've been feeling the Holy Spirit speak to me, um, giving me directions, and uh, I've even been just been able to prophesy over a few people just online, so also allowing the Lord to speak into my heart as well, and uh, I think just over the last little while, uh, it's certainly been something that the Lord has been speaking uh, about the areas of our heart. And there's, I don't believe this is by accident or anything like that, but the Lord is definitely uh, speaking and wanting to bring freedom into our lives. So, hey, why don't this morning, why don't we just pray? Why don't we bless the name of Jesus? Why don't we lift his name up high in, the, in our lives, high in our homes, high in this place? Let's commit this time to the Lord. Jesus, we come into your presence today. Jesus, we give you honour. Jesus, we glorify you today. Jesus, we say, be glorified in our midst. Father, we just bless your holy name today. Father, we come boldly into your presence by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you that we can come boldly into your presence. We thank you today that your grace is sufficient. We thank you that we can come into your presence and find mercy find grace, find and come into relationship with you. Father, we come into your presence today. Father, we exalt you. Father, we say let your kingdom come and let your kingdom be extended in our lives today. 
Father, we bless you. Father, we come into your presence. And Father, we pray that today that your name, the name of Jesus, will be exalted in our lives. Jesus, we pray that today that you bring freedom in our lives. Father, we pray today, Lord, that you bring freedom into our homes, freedom into our families today. In Jesus' name. Father, we bless you. Father, we love you. Father, we exalt your mighty name today. Father, I pray that today your precious love, your precious presence would come and touch every home here today. I pray for those that are watching even right now. Why don't you just close your eyes and focus on me right now, but just turn your heart towards the Lord. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that your presence would come and touch every heart. I pray for those that are carrying weights. I pray for those that are carrying burdens on their hearts today. I pray that today would be a day of liberation. I pray that today they would encounter fresh freedom in their lives today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on. Let me hear you say Amen. Wonderful. Ah, oh, it's great to see you. Uh, although I can't see you physically, I know that you're watching. And so I do extend a very warm welcome to you today. And uh, this morning I want to share... Uh, like I said, something I've had in my heart for a while and I've personally been working through, personally been studying. I want to open it up to you a little bit. Um, and it, it is to do with the heart. And then we will uh, want to pray for some people later on. But uh, one of the things about one of the, what we've just celebrated just recently is the Passover. So I actually want to kind of come back to the story of Exodus a little bit uh, because I, I do believe that the Lord wants to bring freedom into people's hearts. And uh, I want to bring this morning something a little different, maybe a, di a different angle from what, what maybe you have heard before. So stay tuned, don't, don't go away. And um, I, want to, I want to share this morning about the weighing of the heart. The weighing of the heart. So the, the Bible speaks a lot about, uh, obviously a lot about, uh, about our hearts. And um, the heart of Christ is that we come into freedom. This is part of uh, our mandate as a church, uh, something especially close to us as a church, that we have, um, we have uh, programs and seminars about the healing of the heart, because out of it flows every issue of life. And I, I know many, of you, many people have heard this before, but again, this is something special I believe the Lord wants to speak to us about. Um, one of the core phrases of uh, Exodus was this, uh, let my people go. And I believe today that this is a, a cry of freedom that still echoes and still resounds in every person's heart today is the cry of freedom. And freedom, essentially, uh, just in a nutshell, there's, there's kind of two aspects to freedom. One is being set free from something and also being able to enter into something bigger. And so be, we see that from the Israelites' journey. It was one thing for them to come. Uh, it was two parts, of their two parts of their journey. One was the, uh, the coming out of something or the freedom from something. And the other part was the entering to, or entering into something. Both, uh, both carry the concept of freedom. And so I want to talk to you about, just a little bit about the story of Exodus again. But again, it's, a, uh, it's an angle that maybe you've never heard before. And um, one of the first things I want to just, uh, just open up, though, is the story is both factual and metaphorical. In other words, it was a story that actually happened, and it's, uh, there are records uh, historical records. But the reality is this. You and I don't live in Egypt. I mean, there may be one or two that do. Uh, but you and I, one, we don't live in Egypt. We live in, we live in a different age. We live in a different country. We don't face, uh, on, on the physical side of things, what these people face. 
the other thing, we don't, li we don't live under a pharaoh. We have a prime minister, so we don't live under that. So the question is, how then does this apply to us? How can I make this story applicable to my own life, and how can I uh, use it to, become, to, to come into a place of freedom? One of the things I found, though, is if we look a little deeper, we will find that the confrontation between Moses, the prophet of God, and Pharaoh still exists today, it, it, although it doesn't exist, exist physically. It exists in our heart. One of the things that you'll find is that in our heart, there's this confrontation between let my people go and holding on and withholding. Because I can tell you now, God is always, one day, God is always calling us into a place of one, freedom and also intimacy. God is always calling us. God is always calling us into a place of freedom uh, and a place of intimacy. Uh, one of the things we'll also find was this, that it wasn't just the Israelites that were in bondage. Uh, most, most of our understanding, or most of the times we read the scripture, we refer to the Israelites were the people that were in bondage. Well, that is true, but it's not entirely true. One of the things you will find is Pharaoh himself was in bondage, and also uh, the Egyptians were also in bondage. So one of the things we see is that bondage was everywhere. It was People were held in captivity in one form or another. And we find that today, people are still held in captivity in one form or another. But the thing is, some people know it, some people don't know it until it's actually been, uh, until it's been revealed to them or until they have the re revelation. And I want to pray that today, that wherever that we are in bondage and don't know about it, I pray that today that the Holy Spirit would bring that revelation. Uh, one of the, so I want to talk about a little bit about Pharaoh. Although Pharaoh, although Pharaoh ruled, he too was in bondage. And the bondage that he was in was an iniquity from an, a, a previous pharaoh. Another, so just, just to elaborate, the pharaoh of the Exodus was not the same pharaoh as the, who, who put the people into, uh, into slavery. There were two, two different pharaohs, and there was, I think there was about three or four uh, pharaohs in between. So the, the pharaoh that kept the people in bondage was a different pharaoh to the, to the pharaoh that put the people into bondage in the first place. And so one of the things here that we see a pattern of iniquity, of bondage that flowed through the pharaohs that kept everyone in bondage. And, uh, and interesting, it says that, uh, so this particular pharaoh that held on to the people, he himself had pride and ambition that kept the people in bondage. So he, he had selfish ambition. So selfish ambition and pride is something that keeps people in bondage. Uh, one of the things, here's a truth for you. People in bondage, people who are in bondage in their heart, also bring and keep other people into bondage by trying to control their environment. And so one of the things I'm believing for is, one, that the cycle of bondage or the cycle of, of slavery would be broken. And that is the reason Jesus came. His mission is still the same. And so one of the things that we find in our life is this, is that God is always calling us into freedom and into relationship. He is always one, he is speaking into our heart, or, or both and, he is sending somebody to speak into our heart. The question is always this. The question is not, is God not speaking? Because I believe he always is in calling, in, in calling us. The question is, do we have ears or do we have a heart that is open to receive his voice? And herein lies the guts of the, of the issue. Are we open in our heart to be able to receive his messengers? Are we open in our hearts truly to receive his, the people that he sends to speak. Point two, there's always a, there's a, there's a pharaoh in our heart who has wanted to control and keep us in bondage with slave drivers. 
I love Pastor Shane Willard's message on uh, being set free from, uh, from slave drive. It's just an amazing, amazing piece of scripture. I want to just open up a little part of, again, of, of dealing with our heart. I'm not going to read it in an, enti- in an entirety because it, it covers um, three, four chapters. So I'm just going to bring out just, just one phrase. And so from, this, from Exodus chapter 7 onwards, one of the things that we notice, there's a phrase that repeats about 20 times, and it says, um, Pharaoh hardened his heart. And this is essentially what I want to talk about today, about the, uh, about the hardening of their heart. And so, so for 20 time, about 20 times, it, it refers or, or it says this, says this line or refers to somebody's heart being hardened. So when something is on repeat at least 20 times, we know that there is something in there. So one of the things you'll find if you read through this for yourself, you'll find for at least the first six times, the Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his own heart. For the first six times, first, uh, so for the first six or seven plagues, for the first six times, it refers that Pharaoh hardened his own heart. And then from Exodus chapter 9, verse 12, it changes to say that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And then it goes on, it chops and changes from there a little bit on. But you'll find, you'll notice that the word hardened or heart or, or heart had been hardened is repeated so many times. So I want to explore this a little bit because there is a meaning in there that uh, I haven't actually seen before. And for me, I've, uh, I've started to explore it in my own life. And I pray that it ministers to you as well. One of the things that we notice about Pharaoh is this, that he doesn't completely um, not acknowledge God at all. One of the things we see, he acknowledges God, but he never actually changes in spite of everything he experiences. And I don't know about you, but um, I've seen many people that have acknowledged God. They don't even come to church maybe experienced an amazing prophetic word or amazing sign and wonder or maybe had counselling or whatever it is. After all their experiences, nothing really changes. Nothing has really shifted in their life. And to me, that's a concern. To me, I don't, I don't want to ever get like that. I don't want to get to the point where um, I've had amazing prophetic words but nothing in my heart changed. Nothing, not a bit. Or... I've been through counselling, or been through this, but actually I'm still in a place of bondage, and I'm just pretending to be okay. I don't want to ever be like that. So when we see that with Pharaoh, was this, was he experienced the hand of God, but his heart remained hardened the whole way, whole way through. And it's just interesting when you study who this particular Pharaoh was, um, you can see that he was a man of, uh, he, he was actually about 18 when he became Pharaoh. He was physically, physically very strong and physically very confrontational. And so he had an had immense amount of selfish ambition in his heart, and that's to a large degree why um, Moses was a, a little bit apprehensive to confront him in the first place. So we want to come back to the hardened of the heart, or hardening of the heart. So the word hardened, when you look at how the Hebrew, how the, how the Hebrew unpacked this word, it is translated to give three different meanings. Three different meanings. The first one is to, to strengthen or to resolve. It means to take courage, or it means to pull yourself together. So there is a hardening of the heart, which is, is a good thing. So when, you, uh, when you're in, in a situation, when you're facing a challenging situation, 
Sometimes you've just got to pull yourself together. There are times when I'm nervous and um, uh, there are times when I'm facing a situation and I've got to take courage. When I take courage, it, it's about, it's, a, it, it's, it's the opposite of my heart failing. I mean, the Bible speaks about what it means hearts failed. So it's another thing to, uh, to pull yourself together and to take courage. And that is referred to as a hardening of the heart. However, there's also another hardening of the heart, which means to become stubborn and insensitive. To become stubborn and, and insensitive. So when, when people's hearts become hardened, it can also mean that they become stubborn, refusing to move, and also insensitive. And these are the couple of things that I want to open up to you. Here is a third, uh, here's a third translation. Was this. Uh, was to make heavy. There's, so there was a, the, the, another translation or another meaning of, of, a, of a hardened heart is to make the heart heavy. And therein what, what, where I want to bring out the, the weighing of the heart. Because in, in Exodus chapter 9, verse 12, when it, when it refers to God making his heart hardened, he, the actual application was this, that he made, he made Pharaoh's heart heavy, or there was weight came on his heart. And, and therein is, is where I want to unpack a little bit today. And therein like, becomes a very real problem for Pharaoh. Here it comes in, in, into weighing of the heart. So I just want to just open up a little bit of, uh, a bit of the culture for you, was this. Um, Egyptian culture has, and probably still has, a fascination with, uh, with death and the afterlife. So even right back then, for, for example, you see the great pyramids of the world. The very reason those pyramids were built was as a monument to the dead, that there were tombs, and they were also um, part, of, part of the afterlife. So the Egyptian people had a very strong fascination with death. They were very dramatic about it. And also, they had uh, ideas about the afterlife. And interesting, their ideas. And, and I want to just unpack this a little bit for you. Because you can see how this related to Pharaoh. Um, their, their belief was this. Their belief was when a person died, that they... Would, uh, yeah, so, what they believed was this. That the, the, the soul of a man, or the soul of a person resided within the heart of a person. So what, what happened was, when they died, they would enter into what was called the Hall of Two Truths. And their heart... So this, is, this was widely known in all Egyptian culture. And, and, and it, had, it had been established there for a thousand years prior to the Exodus. So what would happen was this. When a person would die, their soul or their, or their heart would be taken into what, what would be called the, the Hall of Two Truths. And what would happen, this is their understanding, um, this, is, this, is, this was their belief, and their heart would come, and their heart would be put on a, on a set of scales. Um, and so this was, again, this was widely known and widely received in Egyptian culture. So their heart would be put on a set of scales, and that's where the, the, the term, the weighing of the heart, came. So on one end of the scales would be the heart, and on the other end of the scale would be a feather. And the, and, and the thing was this, if the heart was heavier than the feather, the heart then would be condemned into basically what they would, what they would call as, as hell. But if the heart was lighter than the feather or equal to the feather, they would then be released in, in, into a better afterlife. Interesting concept, but it was called the weighing of the heart. 
And so the, on the, so, so at one end of the end of the scales was the heart, and the other end of the scales was the, was the feather. And so it's, it's essentially what this feather represented. So what this feather represented was some fundamental basic truths, which was this. Truth, balance, order, justice, and morality. And so one of the things that would happen was this. When the, again, this is their belief. This is their myth that they believed. That, but it's interesting that the Egyptian culture had all these prior to the pharaoh, that they believed in, in harmony, they believed in truth, they believed... In order, they believed that, that the order prevented chaos. So one of the things that they would do was um, when, 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 a, when somebody died and they, they, they came into this hall of two truths, they also had to make a whole bunch, about 42 different confessions. They were basically negative confessions saying, I haven't, I haven't put anyone under it. Listen, I haven't put anyone under oppression. I haven't caused harm to anybody. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. In other words... They've lived a good life. They have lived a, an honourable life. And so, uh, so this has been a, an Egyptian principle or an Egyptian an ideology for, since a thousand years before the Exodus. And so in here you can see the significance of what, what it means by when the Lord put weight on, here, on Pharaoh's heart. Because what it would mean was this. That Pharaoh's world, it was Pharaoh's world to, to ensure that these principles of mercy, these principles of truth, of justice and order and harmony were to lived out. It was his job to make sure that they were outworked in the community. And for if Pharaoh's heart was then heavier than a feather, what it would do, what it would be a, a representation, it would send a message to uh, not just uh, Pharaoh, but also all the people around him, that not only his, his eternity was in jeopardy, but also the people around him, the people under his influence, all their eternity was in, in jeopardy as well. So we can see the issue of the weighing of the heart. And interesting uh, how, how, how significant this is for us today. So one of the things he would have done is this, is that he would have felt totally justified. You think about this, what his, one of his main... Uh, uh, things he had to do was keep order in the world. So if you think about when God said, let my people go, he would have felt very well much justified in saying no. Because if you can imagine all those people leaving Egypt at the same time, you imagine what it would do to the economy. You imagine what it would do to his, his selfish ambition. You, for, for, for him to start to let go, it would have meant... Uh, a breaking down of order. So you can see Pharaoh would have been, in one respect, totally justified in not letting people go. And here's a truth, that people who control others always justify it in some way. They justify it. They justify it because there's a world that they've built around, there's a world that they've established. And what happens is when, uh, when people have built a, 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 built a world that is based on a wrong foundation, People will try and justify it. So anyone who just or, or who controls or manipulates or has that world around them, um, they can justify their actions. And, and so Pharaoh would have justified in, in, in his own actions. So one of the things that we see was when he was called to let go, he held on and kept holding on to the point where his whole world and authority started to crumble and his, and his heart still remained hardened. And it was interesting that I find was this, that even when our lives become under pressure, even when our lives start to crumble, uh, 
how people's hearts still can remain hard. And just the same thing that happened with Pharaoh, and the same things will happen with, with many people's lives today. When, our, when we have uh, control over our lives, when we have a, an ungodly control, when God starts to want to speak and bring us into a place of freedom, it doesn't matter how hard uh, what comes against us, it almost like we, people still seem to hold on to control. So when called to let go, he, keep, he kept on holding on and refused to let go. Eventually, he lost everything, and so did thousands of Egyptians. Here, I'll just, know, just tidy this up a little bit. So by trying to control his world, he ended up creating chaos. By trying to control, he ended up creating chaos. Here's the reason why. Because the order that he was trying to maintain was built simply on the wrong foundation. It was built on the wrong foundation. So sometimes, I believe this, God works in our life to dismantle uh, control and, and, and ungodly cultures that have been built up around us. And when we don't respond to him, our hearts can just become harder and to the point where we end up losing everything. I see that in people's lives today. The foundation this order had been basically set on was this. It was insecurity and fear. So what we can see is back in, in, in Exodus chapter 1, the Bible says that there was a new king, in verse 8 to 9, a new king who, whom, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came into power and said, look to his people. The Israelites have become far too numerous for us. So one of the things that we see is prior to this particular Pharaoh, there was another Pharaoh who had fear and control in his life. So what he did was he set up an order in order to maintain uh, and to main, maintain control. And therein lies the issue. When people are insecure, when people have fear in their life, one of the ways they do, they, they protect that is to, is to start to try and control the world or trying to control not just their own world, but the, the world around them as well. And, uh, and so one of the things that it initially was started by somebody who was fearful and insecure inside of their heart and then that pattern was maintained by somebody who was both prideful and arrogant. So you can see where there's been fear and insecurity, it, that itself can grow into becoming uh, into, into pride, into, into arrogance. And it, it doesn't just keep, it doesn't just bring people into bondage, it keeps people into bondage. And this is where I believe the Lord wants to come into and break it down and bring healing to us. See, the thing is, the more he tried to hold on, the heavier his heart became. And, and I, look, I've seen, uh, even in my own life, was this. I've had prayer for something. I've had prayer wanting freedom in parts of my life. But the problem was not that the prayer wasn't ineffective. The prayer was simply this. I was still trying to hold on in my own heart. I'd still built a, a world around me to protect myself. And, and it wasn't that the lack of authority in the prayer... It was actually us still holding on. And I know from many people in their heart, their heart becomes heavy and um, one becomes heavy in the fact that it becomes um, stubborn and doesn't want to move, but it also becomes burdened. And, and I don't believe that it is never the heart of God. And uh, like Pharaoh, our, our heart grows more heavier the more that we don't respond to God speaking to us. Sometimes... We just don't, I don't believe we know exactly how heavy our heart is. So I think for many of us, we can live under the illusion that our heart is free. But I want to give you a little example, just briefly, that um, one of my family members 
had, had a, a heart, an underlying heart condition. Three arteries were, were completely, were nearly completely blocked, blocked up and never really knew it until they got put under pressure, until their heart got tested. They never knew that their heart was in such a, in such a condition. And so one of the things I want to um, bring to you is this, that often we really don't know the true condition of our heart until it's been put under some pressure. And so it's up to us, to I believe, to respond to the pressure that God, uh, when God speaks to us, when God puts his finger on the parts of our heart to let go. So the question I'll be asking is this, in, in the midst of circumstances, in the midst of uh, all of this, I'll be asking this simple question. God, what is there in my heart? What are you trying to speak to me? What is there in my world that I'm just not seeing, but actually I need to let go? Because I can assure you this, if we don't allow the Lord to bring healing and truth into our heart, and if we, and if we remain stubborn, one of the things that we'll find is this, we won't, we'll not just jeopardize our own destiny, we'll jeopardize the destiny of those who are around us. And I know right now that there are people right now you are in bondage, not because anything that you've done, actually because you're sitting under the, somebody, under the bondage of somebody else. You're sitting under the weight of, some, of that something that somebody else has put on your, on your life. And you can, so you can see that bondage can be, um, uh, it, it, it can just be a cycle that just keeps on going on. And, and bondage never, uh, heart bondage never just uh, affects us as an individual. It always affects those that are around us. So I, I come back to the point I said prior. People who are in bondage also bring other people into bondage and captivity as well. And it's a pattern that I believe the Lord wants us to break. And uh, one of the things, I believe this, that a person whose heart has been hardened is not aware of its impact necessarily. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, verse 17 to 19, So I tell you this, and listen to this, I insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensitivity. So one of the things we find is where uh, our heart has been uh, hardened or our heart has become heavy, we end up becoming, I believe this, we, we become ignorant of the fact that it's even affecting anyone and also... Uh, insensitive to the impact that it's happen, ha that it takes that it has on the people that are around us um, and I love what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 to 30 Jesus said come to me all all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So one, of the, so one of the things that you see here, you see what Jesus talks about is a complete contrast to what Pharaoh had. So Jesus is talking about, uh, about being humble in heart. And so the, the, the feeling of this of this piece of scripture is one of rest, one of lightness, one of rest, one of peace, one of joy, not heaviness of heart. And in there, Jesus gives us the key to having a light heart. And it simply is this, 
Humility keeps our heart light. Humility will keep your heart light. And one of the things I've found is this. Just like Pharaoh, and, and this is why there's a Pharaoh in all of our hearts, is because sometimes we become, our hearts become heavy, our hearts become weighted, our hearts become stubborn, and we just refuse to change. We may know God and all that, we may have a, a, just an understanding of God, we may know him up here, but our heart remains prideful, our heart remains, we've still got selfish ambition that we're holding on to, but Jesus says here, he refers, for I am gentle and humble of heart. And so one of the things I want to encourage you with today is this, that humility will keep your heart light. Humility, so if our heart was to, because uh, one day we'll all die, we, we die, we come before God, and our heart is the one that gets evaluated. It's our heart that gets judged. So similar to, I guess similar in a way to the Pharaoh, and to, to the Egyptian myth, there will be a time when our heart comes before God and it'll be, I believe, in, in some way, it'll be evaluated, it'll be judged. So the, the Egyptians had a scale, one, one with a feather, but our heart will come before the Lord and it will be the Lord who looks at our heart and weighs our heart to us according to uh, according to his grace and according to his law. So our heart, when we come into an eternity, will also be judged. So the question will be this. What do we allow on our heart? What, is, what really is truly on our heart that keeps us in bondage? Is our heart hardened in that it's been stubborn? Or is our heart also hard in that we've, we're carrying things that we don't need to be carrying? So humility will cause our heart to be lightened. Humility will cause uh, our heart to be free. And I want to encourage you today, uh, let your heart be humble. You can tell when somebody's heart is humble. I mean, I've tried to speak into some people's life, and to some people it's kind of like, no, they just don't want to hear it, or don't even want to see. Some, they'll just contend and fight. Actually, that's basically as far as I'll go, because I can see actually the heart is still holding on. The heart is actually is not in a place of humility. So it's no point, I don't believe this, that... It, it's, it's no point contending with somebody who's got a hard or, or a hardened heart. Because just like Pharaoh, through all the plagues, the more the intensity grew, the more, his heart, the, the, the more hard his heart got. And there he, he, he chopped and changed a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But then his heart went back to his old ways. And that's one of the things I find from many of us that we get to a place of certain freedom, and then our heart goes back to its old ways. We still go back to a place of selfish ambition, or still go back, and our heart remains hard. No, 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 no. And I want to encourage you today, how, maybe you're going through some experiences right now. Maybe, maybe you're going through some experiences in your physical health. Maybe you're going through some experiences in your marriage. Maybe you're going through some negative experiences in your world right now. The question would be, not, oh God, why are you attacking me? Maybe the question to ask is simply this. God, what am I seeing? What is there in my heart that I'm simply not seeing? Or what in my life are you trying to get my attention over? As opposed to being stubborn or, or opposed to contending with God or contending with the people around you or trying to control your world, why not? Probably the best, and I can assure you this, that the best response would simply be to this, to get on your knees and say, Holy Spirit, 
I invite you into my heart. Help me to be humble. I may not understand, I may not even see, but I invite you, Lord, to speak into my heart. Humility carries a presence around it. Humility will carry your heart. It will bring a lightness into your heart. Why? Because it just lifts the selfish ambition. It lifts, it, it, it causes a grace to come over your life. In, in Hebrews 12, in verse 1, the scripture says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, listen to this phrase here in the Amplified Translation, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, and let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. So sin, you see two words that are used here, sin and weight, they're both used differently. Here, here's a truth for you. All sin is a weight. So the sin, the sin of selfish ambition, the sin of pride, all of that, all sin is weight that comes upon our soul. But yet not all weight is sin. So there is the weight of responsibility that we're called to carry. That's a weight that, that we carry, but it's, it, it's a good weight. But all sin is a weight to our soul. I, I like the word unnecessary because sometimes, in fact, I think for a lot of us, we carry unnecessary weight. And therein, I believe, where the Lord wants to carry, the Lord wants to come and bring healing into our lives. All sin is weight. And one of the things I want to encourage us to do is this, is in our heart today, we could really inquire, we could really come before the Lord. So this could be a season where the Lord brings an incredible freedom into our life. Not just our life, but also the lives of the people around us. I wonder how hard or how heavy our heart truly really is. And like I said before, it's, it's not until often our heart is tested that we soon discover how hard or how stubborn or how heavy it really is. And I know for some people you're carrying things that you don't need to be carrying. You've been carrying things for a long time that you, you don't need to carry anymore. And I want to pray that today that the Holy Spirit would come and help you. For some people, actually, God has been trying to get your attention, but you're just not listening. And the more that you're not listening, the more you start to dig your heels in, and the more resistant you become, the more the pressure gets turned up until it gets to the point where your world starts collapsing. And for some people, your world is falling apart. I believe one of the main issues has been this. God has been trying to get your attention from way back here. But it's the issue of your heart. You've built something in, inside of you that actually just needs to be dismantled. And therein where is where God and the Spirit of Truth wants to come, to dismantle the things, to dismantle the world that you've built up. And I'm sure you, like I said, we're completely justified, just like Pharaoh, completely justified in our actions. But therein lies the deception. And it's actually we need the truth of God's word. And I want to ask you this. Maybe God's been speaking, sending people to speak to you, but you're more, you've been more wrapped up with trying to tell them about your problems. <laughs> Why not just humble your heart and allow the Lord to speak to you and to bring truth into you? Uh, here's, here's the thing. Religion causes people to harden their hearts. And so religion, people know information about God, but it, actually their hearts can be incredibly hard. I, I, I saw a 
somebody put a, 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 a somebody a, a message up on social media a little while ago, and they quoted to know the they they assumed to know the Bible, but they projected themselves as somebody who knew their Bible. But actually, their spirit was awful. You can see it. And actually, it was just a religious spirit. Their heart, their heart was hard. They knew the Bible. They could, they could quote a couple of scriptures, but actually their spirit, their heart was hard in it. That's religion. Here's another one. Ideologies and selfish ambitions. When we have selfish ambition, what it can do, it can put a weight, not just on our heart, but it can put weights on, on, on the hearts of people around us. When we're trying to get ahead in life, we have ambitions to get ahead in life or to make a name for ourselves simply because of the fact that we're insecure. We need to make a statement in life to prove to everyone how, how successful we are. Actually, what happens is we end up putting the people around us into bondage and stop and hinder from them from coming into a place of freedom. And so ambition is one thing, but selfish ambition is another. When we have ideologies about how we think a world should be, whether it's because we've made it up or it's because it's been a traditional thing, for many people, they have an ideology about how life should outwork. But the question is, what if your ideology is wrong? And Jesus had to confront his disciples over it because their ideologies about what he was there to do was completely wrong. They had some good ideas and things, but actually the core of their ideology was that they would become great. But the problem was this. When we have ideologies that are wrong or filled with assumptions, what happens is it can bring... It can bring unnecessary weight on our own life and on the lives of people around us. And here and, and therein lies the Pharaoh in our heart. Here's another one, wrong expectations that we put on people. When we put wrong, it's one thing to put expectations on or to call people up to responsibility because responsibility is about carrying some expectations. There are some expectations of me. However, there are some wrong expectations that we can put on other people as well that cause them to become it causes their heart to become heavy and weighed down. And when their heart is heavy, it jeopardizes, uh, it jeopardizes their whole life. Disappointment is something that causes our heart. It puts weight upon our heart. Worry is something that puts weight upon our heart. Here's another one. Guilt or condemnation. It's a weight. Guilt is a weight you feel over your heart. Condemnation is a weight that you can feel over your heart. The Bible says, Jesus said that, the Bible says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So the question is, what part of our heart is Jesus Lord of, and what part of our hearts is he not Lord of? Because where Christ is, when we have submitted our life to the Lordship of Christ, there is a lightness in our heart, and there's no condemnation. We are free from, uh, from the weight of sin. We are free from the weight of condemnation. And it's not just an impact, it doesn't just affect our life, but it affects all the people who are around us as well. Offence is a weight that comes upon people. I can tell you this. I, can, I have observed the spirit or the weight of offence come on people's hearts. I can see how people have picked up a weight of offence from somebody else. And I can see how it then affects their relationship. And I can, I can see how it affects the relationships of those around you. So there lies the same pattern. Just as Pharaoh, he himself was in bondage. He put other people into bondage and affected everyone's, everyone's uh, destiny. The same thing happens for us, except it happens in our heart. When we carry the, these kinds of weights, and look, there are many more of them. We choose to pick them up. There are people that have come to church, but yet they've seen God do and say some great things, but yet they still choose to pick up a fence and wonder why things are, wonder why their lives are falling, falling apart. And that's, that's when people start to become religious. 
And, uh, but anyway, that's a, that's a different story. But I want to ask you, a prolonged illness can cause our hearts to become heavy. So I'm just wrapping up now. I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Has God been speaking either directly or through circumstances to you about letting go something? I wonder where God, I wonder, and all this that's going on, in your marriage, in your finances, in your health, in, in every part of your life, I wonder. See, God's always working. The question is, do we have a heart that's open to respond or listen to him? I want to ask you this question. Where has God been speaking to you? In the circumstances? Maybe he's sent some people your way, but you can be still, uh, you can be more consumed with telling them what they should be doing. I wonder where God has been trying to get your attention. I wonder how God has been speaking to you directly or through circumstances about letting go of something. What response have you been giving? Have you, do you justify your actions? Do you justify the things that you are doing? Justify your response? Or do you take a humble pill and say, Lord, there must be something in my heart that you're seeing that I'm not seeing. Help me, Holy Spirit. See, that's what prayer is. Prayer is about turning the heart towards the Lord. Prayer is not primarily about demanding or asking God for all these things, to make you big, to make you great, to make you famous. No, no, no. Prayer is about turning your heart towards the Lord and allowing him to speak to you. So one of the things I've been doing for me is, is when I come in prayer, as I say, Lord, I invite your words into my life. Come, Spirit of Truth. Come and bring truth into my heart. Come and set me free. Help me, Holy Spirit, to see the things, see the places where I'm in bondage. See where I'm carrying things that I don't need to be carrying. See the show me the places in my heart that are in bondage that are affecting every other part of my life. Here's another question. If your heart was put on a scale, today you came before the Lord, and we, we are judged not by the, the things that we've done, and we, we are judged, but... The Lord looks at our heart. So if our heart today was to come before the Lord, and the Lord sees our heart all the time, but if we were to truly and authentically bring our heart before the Lord today, and if our heart was to be weighed before the presence of the Lord, truly, how would it stack up? How would it stack up? Would our heart be Loaded up with pride and selfish ambition? Would it be loaded with offence? If our heart was to be put on a scale or weighed before the presence of the Lord, how would we justify it? How would, how would it stack up, really? That's why we need to be humble. That's why we need to walk in humility. And I want to encourage you today. Maybe the Lord's been speaking to you about... maybe. It's great. It's one thing to have good ideas and big ideas about doing great things in the world. I'm not talking. I mean, I'm talking about that. These, these are great dreams from God. But when it's built on a foundation of fear and insecurity, when it's built on a foundation of brokenness, when it comes out of a place of rejection, when it comes out of a place of pain, therein lies the problem because it becomes tainted. It becomes like leaven, 
and it, and, it, and, it, and it affects every part of your life. I wonder again, if your heart was to come before the Lord, what are you carrying that you don't need to be carrying? Are you carrying condemnation? Are you carrying selfish ambition? Are you carrying pride? Are you, what are you carrying? And it's, only, it's a question that only you and I can answer before the presence of the Lord. Here's, an, here's a third question. I wonder what burdens that we are putting on other people because of our own insecurity or own selfish ambition. As a pastor, I don't want to put... I mean, I, I need to call people up. I need to call people into a place of responsibility. But as a father, as a pastor, as a leader, I don't want to put... I never want to put burdens on people that, that really... The true meaning behind it is that I'm insecure and I'm using people or using circumstances to, for my own selfish ambition or selfish gain. But if we were really truthful about that, how, how much of that is truly in our heart? What are we causing? What are we putting on people to do that really is to do with an insecurity in our own heart or a need to be loved or a need to be accepted or a need to make a statement about something? See, when, when our heart is insecure, when our security is not in Christ, we'll end up putting burdens on people that they don't need to be carrying. We'll end up putting burdens on your wife, on your children, on the people around you, on your staff, or all of those. What it does, it just keeps people into bondage. I want to pray today that wherever you are at, that the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit of truth would come into our lives today. That He would truly bring freedom, that He would not just bring a temporary relief to our life, but he'll bring us into true freedom. So for many people, I believe this. You get a temporary relief, but when we just go back to the old ways, nothing's changed. I don't want to have just a temporary relief from the afflictions of my life. No, 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 no. I want a true freedom. I want to come. The Bible says where the sun sets free is free indeed. I want to come into a place of freedom. See this? People who are truly free in their heart, bring other people into freedom as well. People who are in bondage, keep other people into bondage. People who are insecure, bring people into bondage. I wonder if you were to take an honest look in your life today. How does your heart stack up? Maybe you're here and you're watching, and you know that you're carrying the, the, the weight of sin off your life. I want to encourage you today. All you have to do is you come to Jesus. Jesus will lift the burden of sin. That is the reason why he came. To lift us, set us free from the, the weight of sin, the weight of condemnation on our life. Why don't we pray together? And, and, and if you have never received Jesus Christ, I'd love for you just to, in your heart, just to pray this prayer with me. Let's everyone close our eyes together right now. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. I come before your presence. I come by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus, I come to you today. I believe that you died on the cross, and on the cross that you carried my sin, but on the third day that you rose again. Jesus, I believe today that in you there is forgiveness of sins. Jesus, today, I ask you into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask you to wash me clean. I ask you, Jesus, today, to lift off the burden of sin off my life, to set me free. Thank you, Jesus. I invite you into my life. Jesus, I declare your lordship over my life today. Jesus, I submit to your lordship over my life today. And I choose to follow you. 
I invite your Holy Spirit into my heart today to bring truth and to bring freedom into me. In Jesus' name, I thank you for your gift of eternal life. Amen. And I want to pray for those. I pray for those that even right now are watching. You're carrying things that you don't need to be carrying. Allow in this time truth to come and to set you free. Amen? Amen? Hey, thank you. We'd love to just take up our... Uh, we'd just love to just to receive our tithes and offerings at this time. And uh, I want to just pray that God will just richly bless you at this time. I believe this is going to be a season where people... Uh, will come into new opportunities. We saw a testimony last week, but I believe there are going to be testimonies of people who, have, uh, who are experiencing or who are about to experience God's provision. I see doors starting to open new opportunities for people. God is going to break you out of old things and open up new doors for you. And I want to pray that God will just bless you and keep you at this time. Father, I thank you for your sons and your daughters. I thank you for your family today. Father, as we bring before you our tithes and our offerings, we do so with a as a declaration of faith and trust in you and your provision. I thank you, Lord, that you do watch over us today. I thank you that you are working in and for our behalf. I thank you, Jesus, that today you are working in our circumstances. Today, Father, I pray for your abundant blessing, for your abundant protection to be over your, fam over your family today. I speak and release blessing over their lives. I speak and release blessing over your life. I pray that today that your eyes would be open, that your heart would be open. I pray that today that you would see opportunities. I pray that today that all fear would go. And I pray that today you would be strong in the Lord. I pray that today in these days that you would be confident in Christ Jesus. And I pray that today you would experience the peace and the joy of God's Holy Spirit over your life. I thank you. So much for joining us today. We want to just take up our, receive our tithes and our offerings today. You can do that online. The instructions will come up onto the screen. But I really do look forward to seeing you again. Kate and I really do miss you. We look forward to seeing you. We look forward to just spending some time with you. And we look forward to the day that we come back together. And uh, we're going to have a massive celebration, you know. We're going to just crank it up, we're going to just celebrate together, we're going to worship the Lord together, we're going to eat together, I think we should have a big feed together, I think, I just think we just really do need to do that, we come and have a big kai together and just enjoy each other's coming. Again, thank you so much for joining us, thank you so much for being here today. I pray that in some way the Holy Spirit has spoken to you and prompted you in some way. Love you very much, I look forward to seeing you soon. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow night, 8 o'clock.